Amen. It's a blessing to be with you guys this afternoon. It's a blessing to be with you guys today. Um, to see all your beautiful faces in the presence of the Lord. How many people it feels good when they accuse you of something you didn't do? Amen. And not a lot of amens. Amen. Um, it feels horrible. It feels bad. Um, we have children here. I, I, I see the, uh, my children. I see Micah, Steve, and Lee. Guys, do you like it when they accuse you of something that your brother or sister did? No. No. How about you guys? You like it? No? PJ, you like that? When they accuse you of something you, did, you didn't do? No, it, feel, it feels horrible. There's um, a movie, and several movies, The Hurricane. You might have seen that movie by Denzel Washington. It's the story of a boxer. Um, he was boxing, and then he got accused of a crime he didn't commit, and they convicted him, and he went and spent several decades in jail until people took his case and um, proceeding to prove his innocence. And finally, after decades, they let him go. It feels horrible when you're accused of a crime that you didn't commit. They estimate that in the United States, now grasp, try to grasp that, 5%, and that's an estimation, so it might be more, of the people that are sentenced to the death penalty are done so in mistake. So we sentence people to die that have committed no crime or, or that are not guilty of the crime that they're being sent to death for. Can you imagine you're on death row? Death row is where you are when you're waiting to be killed for a crime that you didn't commit. And since now they have DNA and they can go deeper um, they're able to exonerate, maybe free those people that didn't do anything. But can you imagine how many people are, whether on death row or incarcerated for crimes they never committed? That feels horrible. But of all the trials that ever existed, there was never a trial as lopsided or unjust as the trial of Jesus Christ. And I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles with me in John chapter 18, verse 28 to 38. As Pastor said, we're in that series where we are going through the trials of Jesus Christ. Um, the truth on trial, or as I named it for today, the just on trial, and we'll see why. So please open your Bibles with me in John chapter 18, verse 28 to 38. And I will read. It goes like this. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanliness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. So Pilate came, came out and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If, there, if he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you, Pilate, Pilate said. Take him yourselves and judge him by your own laws. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? 
is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew? Pilate replied. Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servant would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of the truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews gathered there and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. God's word is already blessed. Amen. And so as we are going over the trials of Jesus, um, and the word trials is plural, Jesus went through six trials. The first trial, we, we saw the first two last week, which were religious trials of Annas, the high priest, and, and Pastor explained that he was the high priest, but then um, Rome gave the title to his son-in-law, Caiaphas, and so, so Annas had, if you want, a, a symbolic authority where he tried and gave the go-ahead to, to try Jesus and sentence him to death, and Caiaphas took the ball from there. But then they went into the Sanhedrin. Now, we're spending most of our time in the book of John, right? But if you go in the different um, Gospels, all four of them, you'll see there are six um, trials. Three of them are religious. So Annas, Caiaphas, and then the Sanhedrin, which is the council, the council of, of, of the leadership, the spiritual and political leadership of Israel. But then... It goes from a religious Jewish trial into a civil uh, Roman trial. And so it goes from the Sanhedrin to Pilate. And then Pilate sends Jesus to Herod. And then Herod sends Jesus back to Pilate. And so what we're going to focus on now is um, the, the, the trial with Pilate. But we're going to backtrack a little bit just to put in context with the the Jewish trials, right? Um, because the way it was, you had the Roman Empire was the ruling empire. The king of that empire at that time was Tiberius. And Tiberius would send governors in different regions. And so he would have sent Pilate to govern over Palestine. And so Palestine was a backwater type of place. It wasn't a nice position to have. It wasn't like Egypt or, or maybe some other nicer place, right? So Pilate being there he, he, in his political career, he would have been out of his luck. But then there would be power struggles between the Romans, which so Pilate, and then the locals. The locals had their own laws and they were, they were allowed to, to govern according to those laws, but then they had limits. And when they reached those limits, they had to defer to the governor. Um, and so Jesus underwent a first set of trials in the Jewish um, courts, and, he, um, and they would have pressed charges against him, right? And so if we go to what were the charges against Jesus 
on the Jewish side. I'm going to ask you to open with me in Matthew 26, and we're just going to read from verse 63b to 66, and that's where we see a little bit more of that time with the, the Jewish leaders, and uh, you see Annas, and you see Caphias, but now they're in front of the whole um, council, and, and, and if you live in America, you know a little bit what it is when you go to court, but the court already made a decision, and now they just need the proceedings to justify the decision, right? We, we already have an outcome that we want, but now we need proceedings to make the outcome look good. And that's kind of like where they are now. They already have an outcome in mind for Jesus. They already know they want Jesus to die, but now they need to make it look a certain way to justify themselves in taking Jesus's life. And so if you follow with me in Matthew chapter 26, and we start from the second part of the verse, it says, the high priest said to him, talking to Jesus, I charge you on the oath by the living God, tell us if you are the Messiah, the Son of God. And then Jesus answered, you have said so, Jesus replied, but I say to all of you, from now on, you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the Mighty One and coming on the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his clothes and said, He has spoken blasphemy. Why do we need any more witnesses? Look now, you have heard the blasphemy. What do you think? He is worthy of death, they answered. And that was how they charged Jesus. And the charge for Jesus was blasphemy. Blasphemy is when you say something bad about God. Or blasphemy is when you try to make yourself God. Um, but, and that's how they, in the Jewish law, you can imagine the Jewish at this stage of their existence, they were very monotheistic, right? Very, um, they had done idolatry in the past and God rang them through the ringer because of that idolatry. So now they were very monotheistic, so much more that they missed the prophecies being fulfilled in Jesus. And, and I want to tell you, it is blasphemy unless it's true. It's blasphemy unless it's true. And in the case of Jesus, it was the truth. And they should, they knew it was the truth, or they should have known it was the truth. And we can see that if we go to John chapter 3, in an episode that we, we, we were familiar with, um, it says this, John chapter 3, starting from the first verse, it says, Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. So he was a part of that group. He was a part of that council that was now trying to put Jesus to death. And he came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God, if God were not with him. And so... They had witnessed the multiple miracles that Jesus did. And when Nicodemus came at night and is tracking a conversation with Jesus, he said, we know you're from God because you would not be able to do all the miracles that you're doing if you were not from God. And so, and in the miracles that Jesus made, he showed them that he was creator when he turned water into wine. He showed 
them that he was the healer all the times that he was healing the sick. He showed them that he was king over all when he comes in a place and there's a guy that is full of demons. There's so many demons in the guy, they call him legion. Legion refers to a thousand Roman soldiers. There's so many demons. You ever saw somebody, they're so messed up. You think all hell it lives in that person. But Jesus came and walking in Jesus, you see those demons, they freak out. They freak out and they say, oh, son of God, please don't send us back to the abyss. Don't, you know, please. And they start begging Jesus for mercy. And Jesus says, okay, you know what? Y'all can go in the swine. Y'all filthy. You can go in the swine. And they go into 2000 swine. And they saw Jesus's power at work. So at, at, at least, at least you would be very cautious trying a man that is walking on water. You would be very cautious. He showed that he was provider, Jehovah Jireh, when he fed 5,000 people multiplying bread. And the miracles, they keep going and going and going. So if you're going to try somebody like this, you want to be very careful. But what we see in the trial of Jesus is they were not careful. Not only... They made a bogus charge against him of, of, of blasphemy, but he showed you that he had authority. He showed you that he had power. He showed you all those miracles. But the way they conducted the trial was illegal. The way they conducted the trial was illegal. Um, you know, pastors spoke about the Miranda rights, right? So if you like me and you watch those uh, police shows, right? What happens, like, whether it's the law and order or the Chicago this or uh, what happens, right? When you arrest somebody, you, ha you have to read the Miranda rights and then you have to be very careful how you proceed because if you proceed the wrong way, guess what? They can dismiss the whole trial, right? And so you saw you see the scene in the... Um, in uh, the police shows where they're in the, in the police station and then they say, oh, did he ask for a lawyer yet? No, okay, okay. And they try to get answers before he calls for a lawyer because what? In America, you have the right to a lawyer. You have the right to remain silent. Everything you say can and will be held against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you can't provide one, the court has to provide you one. Y'all know that? Now, y'all don't know that because you're all good. You all walk straight. You don't need to know that. You know, you, you, you're living good. But in the case of the Jewish, they broke several rules. Number one, they were not allowed to have a trial at night. And guess what? They, they arrested Jesus when at night. And they did the trial at the, in the cover of night. They had to vote. Each member had to vote individually. But in the passage we just read, they just made, what do you guys think? Crucify him. Oh, he's guilty. And that was acclamation, but they had to vote. They had to put their name on the charge. And then they had, in case of, if it was a case of death penalty, you had to have at least one night before the sentence and the execution. But you, what we'll see is they, 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 they tried him during the night, they sent him to Pilate, blah, 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 and they executed him. Fast. So they, 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 they break the, the proceedings are illegal. Then they accuse you had if you were accused, you have the right to an attorney, you have to, the right to legal representation. Jesus had no legal representation. There was nobody there with Jesus, he was by himself. There was nobody to defend him. 
You know, it's funny because there was nobody to defend him, but he was here to defend us. I hope you understand that. There's nobody to defend him, but he was here because he was def defending us. Hmm. And then, as an accused, they were not supposed to ask him self-incriminating questions. But then they asked him straight up, are you the Messiah? Right? And then they used his word against, against him. You ever heard of the 25th Amendment in America, right? right? So, so if somebody asks you a question, you can say, I played the, the don't, don't 25th, sorry. That's the wrong amendment. That's for something else. The 5th Amendment. The 5th Amendment, which says, if, you, if they take you to court or to Congress... You can say, I plead the fifth. I don't want to say nothing. I don't want it. They cannot make you say something to incriminate yourself. But in this case, they made Jesus say something so that they could use that against, against him. And then the last, they sentenced him to death. But as we'll see, the Jewish had no authority to execute somebody to death. Right? So with the Roman rule, they were not allowed to execute somebody. So that's why now they go from the Jewish court into the Roman court so that they could get the Romans to execute him, right? And so, but now they're going to have a problem. So now number one, if you're a Bible student, you should have said, okay, Dave, hold up, I don't understand. You say the Jews had no authority to execute someone, but when I read the book of Acts, I saw that they executed Stephen, not you, Stephen, the Bible, Stephen. No, you won't live long in the name of Jesus. Amen. And you would say, well, and then they brought the adulterous woman to, to stone her, so they were going to execute her too. How come they would be able to execute those people but not Jesus? It's because in this text you have some political situations, right, where Jesus now was so popular. Jesus was so popular that you'll remember Palm Sunday is what, right? We celebrate before pandemic, Palm Sunday. It's Jesus going into Jerusalem and they, everybody screaming and like praising him as the king coming in Jerusalem saying, um, Osana, Osana, blessed he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they wanted to make him king. They wanted to make him King and Jesus is like, uh, uh, I, 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 I ain't come to be, to be, to be, to be crowned king on earth, but they wanted to make him, and and so Jesus, they wanted to make him king. So Jesus was popular. So now killing Jesus is a little bit more touchy than killing Stephen. They could kill Stephen, and if you look at the text in Stephen, what happens is they say Saul, which is Paul, is there, but he's not the one casting the stones. The crowd is the one casting the stone. He's just approving of the crowd. So if the Roman come and say, hey, why did you guys kill this guy? You didn't have the right to execute him. They can say, it wasn't us. It was the mob. It wasn't us. It was the public. It was the mob, and they would have the mob do their dirty work. But when you talk about Jesus, and Jesus now, they're trying to make him king, it's a little bit more touchy. So now they have to go to Rome, but, but then guess what? Jewish law and Roman law is a little different. So now you need a charge that you can use in, in Roman court. Um, to give you an example, right? A few years ago, I read two stories in um, the newspaper. One was a guy who worked in a company in New York. 
And around Thanksgiving, he misses his mom. He wants to go home. He wants to see his mom in Texas. But he broke. He's broke. He doesn't have money to pay for the plane tickets. You know, the plane tickets are higher. So you know what he did? Kids, don't do this. Don't do this at home. In the company he worked at, he worked in shipping. So he shipped himself to Texas. So he put himself in a box. He has the help of a friend. And then they UPS and they shipped him. So now the UPS guy, when he gets to Texas, he takes the FedEx or UPS, whichever, takes the box and he's about to deliver it to the door. And he sees two holes. And he looks and he's, ah! He sees her eyes and he sees the guy coming out and the mom opens the door. She sees her son coming out the box. Everybody's freaking out. So now they're suing the guy or taking him to court. And when they get to court, the judge is like, he looks at the book of the law. He looks. He says, nothing I can do. I can't charge him. Why? Because he broke no laws. There were no laws that says you can't ship yourself. The only law he broke is the law of stupidity. Because you know he could have died. Because when you're on the plane, because obviously he didn't ship himself ground, right? <laughs> he shipped himself next day. When, when, when you're on the plane at 30,000 feet, they pressurize the cabin so that you can live. But that's not everywhere in the plane. You cannot live as a human just by yourself 30,000 feet. So if they would have placed the box something, somewhere else on the plane, he would have died. But there is a God. God had mercy on him. He's alive. So they could not charge him because there was no law to charge him against. Right? So you need a law to charge. Uh, um, around the same time, there was this nurse... She, I don't know, she went out party. She, she's under the influence driving. She took drugs, alcohol. Don't do drugs. Don't do alcohol. Control yourself. And so she hits somebody while she's driving. Boom. And the guy falls encroaching her windshield. But she's not too far from home. So she drives to her garage and closes the door. And for hours, the guy is there bleeding and hurting and asking for help. And she's like, I don't know what to do. Well, it's easy, call 911. I mean, it's not complicated. But she didn't want, she didn't do nothing until the guy died. And so she called a friend and another friend. Uh, she called a friend and he called another friend and then they took the body and they hid the body. I mean, do they do still do the show The Dumbest Criminals? Because then she goes to a party, and at the party, she relates the story. So somebody that's at the party hears the story and snitches on her and calls, you know, calls the police. And then she gets arrested. They find, you know, they do the investigation. And now, here's the thing. She's going to face charges, and the sentence can, could go from five years probation to life in prison. She was 25, 26 at the time. Guess what she got? I'll give you a hint. She black. She got 50. 
We're close. She got 50. She got 50 years in prison. And the judge said something. The judge said, when you hit the guy, that was an accident. I said, oh, well, I didn't know what to do. Well, you could have called for help. But when you shut the garage door, that was murder. So she was in this much trouble, you know, driving under the influence and hitting somebody because he could have been saved. But by trying to hide her mistake, she became in this much trouble. And so the law gave the judge a leeway into the sentencing. A leeway into the sentencing that could go from five-year probation to life in prison. She got 50 years. So she'll be out in 2052. All right. Yeah. That's how much time she got left on her sentence, right? So how that relates to our story is that the Jews charged Jesus for blasphemy. But the problem is, so blasphemy for the Jews is capital punishment, but blasphemy for the Romans is nothing. They don't care. The Romans had multiple gods. They had, you guys remember like the Hercules and the, all of those different gods that they have, the Greek gods, the Roman gods, and then they, those gods have children, and then the children fight the other children, so they don't care. So now you have to find a charge that's going to stick with the Romans. Now you know you're wrong when you're charging someone with a crime in one court and, and from another crime in another court. If I use another example, I never understood how come O.J. walked on the criminal case but was convicted on the civil case. I don't get it. If you killed someone, then you go to jail. So it should be very simple. But you know, when you got money, it's a little different. So. Jesus got charged for blasphemy under the Jews, but then he gets sent to the Romans. And what they're trying to say in the Romans charges, um, verse 29 and verse 2, verse 33, it says, So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? And what they answer to Pilate is, if he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. It's like saying, well, we don't want to bring charges. Just trust us, right? Just trust what we're saying and, and convict him. And Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. And then they says, but we have no right to execute anyone. They objected. And then this took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to, to die. And he so, so Jesus had um, I said, you know, they're going to deliver me into the hands of the Gentiles. And so Pilate went back inside to the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Because the charge that you could bring, there's only a certain amount of charge that you could bring for the capital punishment with the Romans. Now, the Romans, they were very creative people, right? In terms of capital punishment, the, they had crucifixion, yes, but they had also others that are very creative. Um, um, so some of the Roman punishment, one is they could gouge out your eyes, right? So take your eyes out. They could rip your tongue out. Yeah, they, they, if you do something bad, that's what they would do. They weren't, they weren't nice. That was a long time ago. 
We don't do that in America. Don't worry. And um, they could bury you alive. But the, 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 my favorite, so to speak, is they would put you in a bag, in a sack, a big sack. And then in the sack, they would put a snake, a rooster, a monkey, and a dog. All of that with you in the bag, and then they would throw the bag in the river. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. I, I, I can only imagine. So, so you're stuck in a bag, and you're going underwater with all of those animals, and y'all having a party. That's how sick the Roman people in their capital punishment were. Nowadays, us were very kind in that sense. You, you, now you don't have the electric chair anymore, I don't think. Now you have lethal injection, right? And, and lethal injection is they, they just inject something to you and you feel like you fall asleep and you're gone. There's no pain, right? But, but now, you know, with the past two years, before you get the lethal injection, you have to test negative for COVID. Because they're afraid you get COVID and bring it to hell. I don't know. But they test you for COVID. If you're negative, then you can get um, sentenced. But that's the mindset of the Romans, right? And then, and then the last one, of course, was crucifixion. They, they, were, they perfected the art of killing people. They perfected the art of making people suffer. They, they, they were so good at, at that art. And now the charges that could bring the capital punishment in, in, in the Roman was, one was murder. So if you committed murder, you, you would be sentenced to, to capital punishment. But it's not only murder. Adultery would do that. Adultery and rape would do that. A robbery would do that. Arson would do that. And libel. Libel, if you, you lie about somebody, you could get the death penalty. I mean, that right there is half of America. Like it's, uh, if you murder, if you rob, if you burn, if you lie, you could get the death penalty. But the one that is for Jesus is sedition. If you are trying to overthrow Rome, if you're trying to be over Rome, then you could get the death penalty. And that's why Pilate asked Jesus, are you a king? Are you a king? In other words, are you trying to build a kingdom that would compete with, 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 with Rome? And, and you have to appreciate the irony of this situation. The whole trial of Jesus is very ironic. And, and to understand the, the irony of it, you have to understand who we're, we're talking about, right? Number one, you have the Jewish religious leaders, which are, which are corrupt. They are, at that point, corrupt. They're not godly men. And I want to make a parenthesis, right? Because as I was researching this, it looks like over history, because the text talks about Jewish this and Jewish that, that people try to use that as an excuse to hate other people, right? So we're talking about something that happened 2022 years ago, whatever, and people use that to hate other people today. Don't do that, right? It's kind of like the people who use the, the curse of Canaan in, in the Noah time uh, of Ham and Canaan, which are in Palestine, to then do bad things and, and discriminate against black people. Right? And, and to use one uh, against the other. Don't do that. 
But what we're talking about, the religious leaders at the time, they were, they were corrupt. You saw what Jesus did when he went to the temple, and, and they were profiting over the people, right? And so, so, so you have a situation where you have the unjust that are going after the one that is just, right? You have the unjust against the one just. And so, so you have that where you have the, the high priest and the priest, they're corrupt. But now you have a governor, Pilate, which governs over Palestine, but he's out on his luck. And, and we'll see more next week. The political situation that he was in, he wasn't, um, he wasn't on the good list of Tiberius' king. But compared to who is standing before them, compared to who is standing before them, you're talking about the great I am. And Jesus showed them with the miracles who he was. He showed them what he did. And so when Isaiah saw the throne, he fell down on his knees, right? When Isaiah says, I am woe to me because I have seen the king sitting on the throne, you realize that that was Jesus. You realize that several times in the Old Testament, there's what we call an epiphany, which is a physical representation of God in this Jesus that is revealing himself. So on one side, you have, the, uh, like Pastor said last week, the high priest. On the other side, you have the great high priest. On the one side, you have the governor. On the other side, you have the great I am that governs the, over the whole universe. The Bible says that Jesus holds the universe with the power of his word. Everything that you see standing stands because of the power of the word of Christ. And now he's standing in front of Pilate, and Pilate is like, don't you know I have the power to do this and that? And Jesus says what? You would have no power over me if it was not given to you by my Father. He says, my kingdom is not of this world, because if it was, my servant would come and they would fight for me. Now, understand this. So, so I, I, I don't really want to go there because we spoke about it. But what do you think would have happened if instead of Chris Rock, it was The Rock standing there? You all think we would be talking about the Oscars? Nah, because he would sit himself down and tell his wife, it's just a joke. It's okay. It's okay. No, no, we don't need, no, we don't need to do nothing. Why? Because when you have somebody that's six feet plus with biceps the size of Manhattan, you're going to chill. But you got a guy that's five feet tall and he's a little skinny, then you can be tough. So Pilate feels like he's tough because he sees a, a man that is normal, but he does, doesn't understand that the guy that's stand, standing in front of him, he's the great I am, and just one word and it would be over. Actually, just one word from Jesus and the whole Roman Empire would be over. I think sometimes the problem is we don't understand the power of the God we serve. We don't understand who we're serving. And so therefore, we don't understand the magnitude of the sacrifice that he did for us. Because at any moment, he could have stopped it. There's a, there's a part of the, um, there's a part of the passion of the Christ that Mary goes and she tells her son, my son, when will you put an end to this? And he, Jesus doesn't say anything. He just looks at her. But you know that what he's saying is, I'm choosing not to put an end to it. 
I am choosing to go through to it so that you can be saved. And so we have a situation where Pilate, and when we look at the history of Pilate, he was a violent man. He was an abusive man. He was a criminal. So now you have a criminal that's judging the one that never sinned. You have criminals that are, that are judging the one that never sinned. And it's kind of like weird. It almost feels like God wanted the situation to be as bad as possible, right? He chose the, the, the time in history with the empire that is the most creative in killing people. And then he chose the, the, some of the most crooked people to judge the one that is just, the one that never did anything wrong. And they, they, they're accusing him and they're, 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 they're judging him. But eventually he's going to be the one judging them. The other irony is that the, the high priest, the high priest's job is to represent the people before God. The high priest's job is to take a lamb and to kill the lamb to say this lamb is taking the sins of the people. And ironically, in a twisted way, the high priest did that. Because Caiaphas said, it is better for one man to die than the whole people would die. And, and, they, and they were afraid because, like I said, Jesus was, was gaining in popularity. If Rome saw that Jesus was gaining in popularity and was going to become maybe king, Rome could come in and, and destroy the whole place. So they're like, okay, let's get rid of him so everybody else doesn't die. And in that sense, they, they prophesied that, what, Jesus coming and dying him one means that we don't have to die. But you ever been in that situation where maybe yourself, we like to judge other people, right? Where, where, where you, you walk in church and you see somebody and they're walking and they, and they don't pay attention to you. And you're like, oh, she's so rude. You ever said that about anybody? Amen? Never? You don't want to admit it in church? Ah, she's so rude, she didn't say hi. Oh, he's so this. And, and we like to judge other people, right? And sometimes the unrighteous judges the righteous. Every time I see them people in Washington, I'm like, man. But you have the unrighteous judging the righteous. It's always easy to judge other people. It's always easy to, and like, I think I shared that story with you, right? We, we were doing work in our house, and we had this guy. This is a great guy. He was a Haitian guy, and he came and they did our floors, and he charged us like $2. Like, you know, like a guy that does great work, but he doesn't charge you. But then my, my, my parents, they were helping us out, and they paid him already. And so he had to come and finish the screens outside because it was all messed up. So he was going to come fix it. And he never came. And I'm trying to call the guy, but I'm not finding his number. I'm like, he stole the money. Until my dad calls me one day and says, oh, I found him. He passed away. He had a heart attack in his house. But nobody found him in time until his friend came to, at the door, and he passed away. So I was like, oh, snap. I was judging the guy, but without the full information. So I made a judgment on somebody that was innocent because he was gone. But how many times that's what we do? We put judgment on people that are innocent. 
but we forget to look about ourselves. You ever spend time to think about the charges that are pressed against you? So I started thinking, right? And I lined up the charges that I think are against all of you. I lined up all the charges and the charges that are against me. And I need you to pay attention. I need you to pay attention because it's easy to look at other people, but sometimes you have to look at yourselves. And here are the charges against you. Here are the charges. Next slide. That's the point. There's no charges against you. There are no charges against you because Jesus went on trial for you. You see, the, the just went on trial for the unjust. He went on trial before the unjust so that us that are unjust, now we don't have to go to trial before the one just. He went through that trial. He says, next slide please, he says in, in John 5 verse 12, he says, Verse 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. He has crossed over from death to He will not be condemned. 1 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He took him who knew no sin. Jesus committed no wrong. He made it sin so that us now, you now, you're the righteousness of God. So that when you go in front of the throne of God, the charge is not guilty. Actually, you're not even on trial. Pass to the other side. But the problem that we have now is we live in a world that's judgmental. And now in your life, you've been judged. And the problem is, is rather than to believe the word of Christ, you believe the words of your judges. You believe the word of your judges. So you went to school and your, your classmates were like, ah, he's so dumb. <laughs> and they're making fun of you and you heard them. And now you start to believe what they're saying. And now you're trying to believe, oh, yeah, oh, I can't really do anything because I'm not smart. And I'm here to tell you the devil is a liar. This is a lie. And sometimes, unfortunately, the lie comes from inside the house. The lie comes from the inside the house. It's when the parent goes and says, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You will be somebody in life because of the word of Christ. So be careful what you believe. Be careful who you believe because you behave based on what you really believe. Based on what you really believe. It's funny because when you look at, let's say, Kobe, you look at LeBron, and you look at this, these guys, and you look at when they tell you their stories, Kobe was saying from 13 years old, he already has his mindset on the NBA. From 13, he was like, okay, you know what, I'm 13, I'm not going to go in the NBA yet, but I see this guy, that guy, that guy, I got to take him out, I got to take him out, I got to take him out, and that's how he went with this, so because he believed he was going to be in the NBA. LeBron has a commercial out now where it's old LeBron and young LeBron, and they're talking to each other. And old LeBron, young LeBron asks Le, old LeBron, so do we make it in the league? And old LeBron said, yeah, we're going into the league. And they go, we're going to the league. And they're celebrating, right? Because young LeBron already knew where he was going and already believed where he was going. 
You're going to behave based on what you believe. So if you believe that there's a guilty verdict that's pressing on your, so you're going to act like an inmate. Yes, you're walking free in the street, but you're like an inmate in your heart. And I'm here to set you free today. I'm here to tell you, you are free because the sun sets you in free. And the Bible says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. You're free indeed because the trial, Jesus went through the trial. There's an old song of Ron Cannoli. It goes, um, I'm not going to sing it, but it's, whose report will you believe? We shall believe the report of the Lord. And then he says, his report says I am healed. His report says I am filled. His report says I am free. His report says victory. And that's what I came to tell you this morning, that you have healing, freedom, Victory in Jesus Christ because he went through the trial. God bless you.